Merton hit me an unmeasurable wall. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back for fucking Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. And that's one of the reasons that left left over. Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here. Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking. Just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks and how do 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 You are very very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast Season 7, we're back and we're ready to go at it all over again The loyal listenership of Mayo Are Back followers have been eagerly awaiting this podcast And it brings me great pleasure to announce that I myself, TJ, am back And I've been joined by a man who a lot of you know very well at this stage, Fat Larry. Fat Larry, how do? How do, TJ? Hello to all the Mayo are back listeners, all the loyal Mayo are back listeners. You're still with us, you're still hanging in there. And boy, have you been anxiously awaiting this first episode of what is season seven now of the Mayo are back podcast. It's hard to believe, TJ, it's still going. We still haven't reached the promised land and look at things just don't look like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. Kevin McStay's Mayo charges are up and running. We're five rounds into the Shrat Alliance League and by all accounts things are going fairly well for the Mayo team. It's been a slightly bumpier start to the Mayo or back season folks. We're having this podcast recorded now for the second time. As I speak to you here I have TJ sitting beside me here. He's up and about He is with us in mind and in body, just he's got a a tea towel across his head and he's got his feet put up on a little stool here. He went down during the first recording of the episode about 15 minutes in. Things got too much for him. We had to stop recording and resuscitate, but we're back and we're ready to give this another lash. So bear with us. There might be a few gremlins in TJ's system still, but we are hoping that round two goes a little bit better than round one. We feel like we've dealt with all the, the, the gremlins, technical and otherwise, but I'm just dipping my toe back into it now at this stage tentatively because I suppose I'd like to channel the energy our Mayo boyeens have been playing with this 
season so far and that is to absolutely hit the ground rimming and I am hoping today that I come out of this unscathed. Only a select number of people out there will know why it took us so long to get up and off the ground this season. It was of course due to a spate of illness that I've been having myself over the last couple of weeks or months. It was uh, basically a misdiagnosis by the doctors and the staff in the hospital. They were about to cut me open and I was about to go under the knife they were going to give me a double mayosectomy because it was obvious to them that my mayo fever had hit such high points, even in February, February as it were. I was totally off the head with mayo madness. I was basically in a mayo-induced coma for the first six weeks of the season this far. But it was my good pal and comrade, Fat Larry, here beside me, who was my bedfellow for those six weeks. And he took on the role of kind of a shaman as he led me through my rehabilitative journey. He, he would whisper in my ears, you know, little things that would keep me grounded and take me back from the brink of Mayo euphoria. Fat Larry, I remember one evening you were whispering in my ear about Donald Vaughan boxing the head off John Small and another night you came in and read a little bedtime story about Mayo conceding two goals in an All-Arnold final. And these were the kind of things that you have to do to someone suffering with severe Mayo fever. They need to be brought back from the brink in a very grounding way. So Fat Larry, I owe you probably a lot. I probably owe you my life at this stage. And for not, well, won't be the, the last time, TJ, I would have to say thank you very much for sharing that with all of the Mayo or Back listeners. And of course, you are absolutely welcome. Uh, you know, you got to stand by Mayo Inbreds. We would make the same plea to Inbreds listening to the podcast this evening as you venture around the country following the Mayo team this year. Look out for each other. Look out for those Inbreds. You know, you have to remember that there's there's half-bakes who are rocking up to McHale Park nowadays through for even five hours before games just to get a good seat in the stand so be mindful of the inbreds around you and do everything you can to not just manifest yourself but to manifest them also and to those Mayor back listeners we have to remember that there are some long-time listeners to the podcast who we are very very grateful for and whose opinions and encouragement have us where we are here today there's also I'm sure some inbreds who are listening to this podcast for the very first time and if you are out there listening here for the first time we would implore you to go back to season one and to listen through all 75 odd episodes of the Mayor Back podcast it'll it's a real time capsule TJ it'll take you back through many eras lots of different mangers have come and gone since me and you last recorded TJ we've lost our manger James Horn. He was given the boot, we assume, by the the you know, the the the, the experienced players. You know, we, we can't unfortunately blame Andy Moore and Alan Dillon this time, but I'm sure someone was in there wielding their influence. Uh one of our all time great players, Lee Keegan, has stepped away. But of course TJ the most crushing blow for me, you and for all the listeners out there was the loss of our bronze prince from Kilmaine, Oshin Mullen. You took that one, TJ, particularly hard. He's beyond now kicking the AFL footy in Australia. 
Look, I'll say first and foremost, there was a lot of people who got onto us right from the very get-go this season. As soon as the year had turned and the FGBH League had started off, people were asking us, where's the pod? Are you not going to do a special for Ushin Mullins and Leroy Keegan? Can you imagine how depressing that podcast would have been to listen to? Now, I know we're all for Mayo depression and cathartic experiences and soothing over the hard times that Mayo fans have had. But we just said we'd keep the heads down. We'd process it on our own individualistically and we'll come back when the grass is a little bit greener the sod is a little bit drier and the balls are a little bit drier indeed as well as they are at the moment and I think it was a good decision on yeah. our behalf and I will be the first person to come out and praise this podcast for the way that we've gone about that this season and the way we've tackled that particular nuance that could have been you know a big pitfall for us to fall into I will shout out as well to two gentlemen who this podcast means an awful lot to I won't name them for what will become obvious reasons but these two gentlemen got on to us and both of them said within the the course of about 24 hours that the two of them woke up and the sheets were absolutely soaked they were soaked to the skin when they woke up in the beds in the morning with a mixture of i suppose anticipation eagerness feverness they just wanted the mayo our back podcast Mm. to be back so to those two gentlemen I'd say they're in a state of pure delight right now and I hope that they in particular appreciate what's coming up on this podcast and I suppose Fat Larry what is going to be coming up give us a little flavour of what we're going to be delving into over the course of this podcast today Absolutely TJ and thanks very much to Pat Holmes and Noel Canelli for sending in that message we hope you're enjoying the first season of the podcast lads uh, coming up tonight I suppose TJ you mentioned it there it was wise of us not to come out with all guns blazing after Rushing Mullen and Lee Keegan stepped away because as we've seen in the first five rounds of the league that Mayo seemed to be getting on just fine you know without the two guys you know we have replaced uh, our swashbuckling young South Mayo attacking fullback Oisín Mullen with a slightly smaller slightly more inbred version from Gary Moore we'll be talking about the great start to the season that Enda Hessian has had on our Instagram Q&A it was very much centred around himself Jordan Flynn and James Carr seemed to be getting a lot of love on the the the, the Mayor back Instagram page. So we're going to be going through those questions in great detail and sharing some of the hopes and dreams of Mayo inbreds out there as we embark on another season in 2023. Um, we might get the time, if we can, once the introductory phase of this podcast ends, to take a deeper delve into Kevin McStay's first five games in charge of the Mayo team. And also to have a look maybe at some of our players to watch out for in 2023. I'm just going to take you back, TJ, at the start to the first couple of games of the season. A competition that me and you and a lot of the inbreds love an awful lot. The DBF League. Mayo reaching the promised land there. Winning their first title since 2012. Back in the days of Danny Kibri and... um, you know, some Neil Douglas and and guys like that. That's a big, big fill up for these young Mayo players, isn't it? Yes, I think a, a tournament like that, in essence, brings the best out of this Mayo team because it's so early in the year. Other counties would say we can't really tell how the season is going to go. But as Mayo fans, we know exactly where the season is going based on those DBF League showings. And really, in two performances against Roscommon and Galway, we put the two fingers up to our 
Connacht's rivals. And in my opinion, as we said at the weekend, Fat Larry, Roscommon and Galway, when it comes to these two teams, you can never beat them often enough or by enough. So I was glad to see us go out and play, if I may borrow a word from your lexicon, a swashbuckling style of football. Mm. It was a gender neutral style of football. It was non-binary. There was fluid movement throughout the pitch, from back to front, from front to back. There was fluid everywhere. And up and down the sideline, I could not keep my eyes off Kevin McShay. Can we zone in on him now just for a moment before we get into the, the meat and two veg of this podcast? Can we zone in on our new manger and I should, by extension, focus on his mangership ticket as a whole. Yeah, in the Instagram uh, Q&A that we ran last week, TJ, a huge theme that we saw uh, covered all over the questions was Kevin McStay's jizz and what an impact that is having on some of the Mayo players. You know, it seems to be a really happy camp. There seems to be guys there who are just full of jizz and spunk and playing some of the best football of their careers. Not just the younger players, TJ, but what Kevin McStay has seemed to have instilled in some of our older players. You know, Killian O'Connor is just back from his... A, you know kind of a long term injury and it seems to be going very well but I know what's getting a lot of Mayo inbreds very hard is the way Kevin McStay has gone into his, his, his bag of tools and he's you know he's he's lifted up the hood he's lifted up the the, the bonnet of Audio O'Shea and I know you're going to delve a little bit deeper into this for us Um whatever he's doing in there he's he's gone in under the hood and he's ruffled around he's He's cranked up Edo, he's he's kind of pulling all the right strings, uh, pulling his wires and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And he's he's getting Edo playing some of the best football that we've seen him play for Mayo in a long, long time. As, as a pundit, I remember hearing Kevin McStay talk about putting big, fabulous Edo on the square, is what he used to say on RT, emphasis on the word fabulous. Um, you're really impressed with... The, you know the the big full forward the 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 Mo Dierk, as we like to call it the route one football it's always been something that we've called for very very loudly here on this podcast and it's great to see Kevin McStay taking our opinions on board look that was something that other managers in the past haven't been has shown the ability that they can work with us as well as they need to. There, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. You need to have a good relationship with your county board. You need to get on well with the players. You need to mange your mangement ticket effectively. You need to get in touch with the fans. But more importantly than that, you need to listen to the Mayo GEA-based podcasts. I know it's a saturated market, but there's enough hours in the week for you to listen to every single mm. podcast and prioritise this one. Because there will be tactical ruans in this podcast. There will be insights that you simply don't get anywhere else. We're one podcast who turns the key attention to the fans and we will say some of the shit that they will say to us in a totally unfiltered way and it's a beautiful beautiful thing because it's a true reflection holding up the mirror to the the sort of half-baked nature of Mayo fans at the moment and it is a mental unwellness podcast that a lot of people find very soothing to touch on that last point Fat Larry look Aidan O'Makshay has had some simply jizz-worthy performances in the Mayo jersey this year. And it's been years since I've been able to say that. It probably dates back 
to, oh, I don't know, maybe the era of Patrick Holmes and Noel Canelli, when they really seemed to extract the most spunk out of him in those days. But we seem to have a second coming of Edo on the edge of the square now. And whether Kevin McStay opened up the bonnet or stuck his head in the boot... Either way, he has managed to get something out of these players. And it's not just Edo. It's Killian. It's Rodney O'Donoghue. It's Tommy Comroy. It's even a man who is a big, big fan of this podcast. And the feeling is more than mutual. We would also be a big fan of Seamus Corr, the man from Arda. How, what do you make of his start to the, the Shrap Picture National Alliance League this season? Ah, brilliant, TJ. He's been he's been unbelievable. He's been like uh, a Mitsubishi Evo inside there in full forward, diffing around, uh, diffing around the cone, diffing around Stephen Cohen. You know, he's he's shooting on sight. He's getting out. He's being big. He's being strong. Fabulous guy that we know that he can be. He's 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 demanding the ball, which we love to see, and he's getting the scores as well. You know, this guy is someone who we need to really blow the head off now, and we need to fill him up with shit. And we need to get his confidence sky high because I think this guy down there, you know, he he could be whatever he wants to be. You know, he he's one of these guys when, you know, he comes to the junction. I think with this guy, we can't be putting the handbrake on him. Kevin McStay or Kevin McShay is going to have to just tell him to keep the handbrake off and to go straight through the junction restaurant and go kiss plow on because I think this guy could be, you know, he could be absolutely brilliant for Mayo. Um, another guy, you know, our, you know the perennial uh, one to watch, Mayo are back every single year. Conroy Loft-Tits is having a great season as well. You know, this guy has, you know, gone from corner forward to half forward to sub. Now he's manning the centre back position. You know, that is something that I, I personally never saw coming. But look at Kevin McStay seems to be doing whatever he wants. And so far, it seems to be working for him. And um, he's got an absolutely star studded backroom team. There's a nice mix there. You know, we'll discuss how happy we are to see young Stephen Rochford back, no longer as manger, but in a more, uh, you know, in a more background capacity. You know, he gets to. Uh, you know, wield all his influence there and not have to deal with the shit that we're throwing at him week in, week out, which is very, very good. Diora Marsh in the backroom team as well, you know, bringing that little bit of cultural spice to things, that basketball approach. And of course, one of your all-time favourites, uh, TJ. I know it's something that you're struggling with a lot this year. You had mentioned that you haven't been able to actually watch too many games you know, due to your your symptoms and, you know, the recovery process. But Liam McHale, I mean, wow, this guy is, it's not easy to sit down and watch a Mayo game and see his, you know, fine physique on the sideline. And that's before the good weather, you know, he's going to be rocking the shorts before long. And that's when, you know, things are going to get really, really wiry for Mayo supporters. That's what you said, Fat Larry, cultural spice. And I agree with that sediment wholeheartedly. And I'd like to echo that sediment if I could at this venture. But just to zone in on a couple of names there and a couple of individuals, Dioralite Marsh, known for his heyday with Team Mary Monk in Ballina, was a fabulous basketball player and, and by all accounts probably should have been tapped into in those days as a potential replacement or a sidekick for Liam McHale in the heart, mm. in the heart 
engine room of that Mayo midfield. But something that's been making me hard this year is the way that Mayo have played with an almost basketball-style approach. There's just a changing in the tactics from... If you can remember the James Horan era, tactically, Mayo spent a lot of their time shiting along in the middle of the pitch, over and back in a lateral fashion. And, you know... We had a stacked backroom team then. We had a man who wore a sombrero. We had Cheeky Fade Manger. We had Kira McDonald, for goodness sense. For goodness sakes, rather. But they did not get the most out of those players. Diora Marsh, on the other hand, he's come in with this new philosophy. He's shown a new light on things. And he said to the boys, have we considered getting the ball up the other end of the pitch quickly and trying to score quickly? And it seems like the Mayo players have taken that on board massively. Yeah, And that is even without mentioning Muggsy, because he's one man who doesn't get much plaudits as a manger, a fifth manger as it were. But Fadlari, you'd like to discuss him and I suppose his his philosophy when it comes to pint bottles of Bulmers. Yeah, from day one, TJ, we saw that the first evening he came in, he was there at that, that, that wonderfully extravagant press conference hosted by Kevin McStay and his, a couple of members of his backroom team. But just to see that guy sitting across the table from us talking with a pair of, you know, wide bootcut jean on him and a can of Bulmers on the table. And he just, he seemed very relaxed. He seemed very at peace with himself and he seemed to, to really fit in. You know, it's, it's, it's lovely to see again, you know, we've got our manager, Kevin McStay, using lots of terminology and, you know, fantasizing over, you know, looking at fine, big, fabulous Mayo players, you know, getting down and dirty in the middle of the field. Like he loves to see that. So we have that side of it. Then on the other hand, you've got a member of the backroom team. He's on the sideline in Crow Park. He might as well be down in the big tree pub 20 minutes before a match starts because he's got the jean on him, the good tight fit jersey and a can of Bulmers in hand. It's like the Mayo supporter group are just infiltrating the change room that little bit. And I think, TJ, that might just be the missing piece of the puzzle that we've been looking for for an awful long time now. There's just that nice little bit of inbredness coming in, as you said earlier, that little bit of gender fluidity in the backroom team, the little bit of cultural spice, the mixing it up with different sports, the basketball approach. I think, you know, we've got it very right this year now. And I will go on the record, like one of our esteemed comrades here at Mayor Back. Um, he he's for medical reasons he's not allowed to record live anymore but he did announce and I will announce right now out loud that Mayo will win the All-Ireland this year and I think that level of positivity TJ is not something that me and you have always had at this early stage of the year but this year just feels different to me Sometimes, Fat Larry, you know, we would come in here with an idiosyncratic approach to it. You know, we wouldn't necessarily get behind the Mayo team this early the season because we would see them as slacking off or needing that little bit of a a toe in the hole that Mayo fans are often known to give their teams. Mm. But it's one of those things, Fat Larry, where there's just a symbiotic relationship developing now. And what it means in that sense is that the Mayo supporters are supporting from the front from the very get-go, as it were. And, you know, we're not relying on Mayo to be four goals up before we meekly limp into a Mayo, Mayo, Mayo chant. I've been at games now, and from the minute that that ball is thrown in, there's a Mayo do-do-do style approach coming from one end of the stand, from the Albany, right, right the way up to the sport lawn end. And that has been a fabulous thing to witness as as a Mayo supporter. But that comes from the team on the field. And this team on the field, they're playing like a team who's rolling back the years. 
Yeah. Rolling those years back to sort of circa 1950, 1951 with some of their performances. We had two big losses coming into this season. I was worried about two things. The loss of Ushin Mullins's hair and the loss of Porik O'Hora's ponytail. How this Mayo team have bounced back from this has been simply stunning. We've got a backline stacked with household names. There wouldn't be household names in every house in the county, but in this house we certainly talk a lot about Jackie Cash in the corner there, David O'Brien in the, in the, in the full-back mm. line, Rory McBrickenden, and even young Hugh McHugh, who's become a real sort of a, a full wing-back option, as I like to say. And, and one man that I know you hold very dear to your heart, and he's got the Mayo fans' pulses racing at about 1951 beats per minute at the moment, and that is our quasi-midfield fielder Jack Kearney yeah absolutely impressed with this guy Dr Kearney you know he's a he's a throwback to the 1951 Mayo team the way he's playing at the moment he's you know he's he's playing in that half forward role but what as Kevin McStay said post Galway game it was in one of my all-time favourite interviews was where he discussed all of the big, strong, strapping, fabulous boys knocking chunks out of each other in and around the midfield, TJ. And that's what I love to see, that Mayo are going out now at the minute. And essentially what we're doing is playing with five midfielders. Now, the more cynical Mayo fan could compare to the time that Pat Noel went out against Dublin and started all seven of our generational midfielders on the pitch at one time. And then we had no midfielders then when a couple of them got injured. But I like to forget about those kind of things. And I like to think positively and think forward. You know, we've got a, a big, fabulous bunch of players there. They are keeping the female Mayo supporters happy, which is very, very important. And, of course, they're getting the results on the pitch as well. As you said earlier, the Mayo inbreds in McHale Park seem far more positive. You know, we think back to those games of Mayo farting the ball back and across the field 15 times before Killian winds up a shot that he kicks wide. Now Mayo are much more direct. They're playing on the front foot. They're throwing the ball inside long to Jimmy Carr and Aidan McStay and it's just working the fans are positive they're behind the team there's a buzz around Mayo football again which is great to see which is very very evident in those beautiful inbred Mayo children that are populating the McHale Park surface at half time and full time destroying the grassroots in the process but that is the kind of stuff that you love to see in early February and I really feel that there's a pep in the step now of all Mayo supporters and there's that bit of spunk and jizz being just sprinkled all over the terraces from Kevin McStay Well we know And uh, just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, 
you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Oh, 100% fat, Larry. I couldn't agree with you more. And I suppose before I, before I start on my next monologue, I'd like to say that I already agree with myself yeah. in terms of what I'm and about to go should. on and say. <clears throat> and what I'm going to say is this. This Mayo team of fans have been crying out for a Mayo team that we can really get stuck into the behind of. And this year, you know, I, it doesn't strike me as a team that would be leaving Crow Park with its tail held high between its legs. I had a fear, a sincere fear of making it into a league final after the absolute rimming that we received last year up in Croke Park. But this year, it would have my mouth watering. It would have me watering all over, quite frankly, because getting back up to Crow Park, whether it's in March, April, May or July... It doesn't make any odds to me. I think it's a great place to go and really to show your stuff out there. And we've been showing our stuff throughout the league. We ended up showing an awful lot of stuff against Roscommon. Probably fans in the crowd that day were surprised by how much stuff we were able to show. But we we, we gave the Rossies a little bit of rough and tumble. We allowed them to come back into it, as it were. We didn't want to beat them too well, knowing that we may have Mm. to play them two further occasions throughout the season. But the season is long. The season is hard. And the season is knocking on the door, Fat Larry, now that we could be on the cusp of something brilliant. I think you may have already said it, but if I could reiterate your sentiments and say at this point, Mayo are going to win the Sam Maguire this season. Would you agree with, would you agree with that statement, the bulk of it? I would agree with the, the entirety of what you had to say, TJ. And it's not going to be straightforward. You know, success is not going to be linear. As you said there, the season is going to be hard, but we're hard already. And that's very important. You know, that's that's a good starting point for players and for supporters that, you know, too small flat in a hibra, TJ, as a man once told me, you mm. have to you have to not count your chickens before they hatch. Um, you know, but I would be very much in this instant. I have my chickens counted long, long ago at this stage. I think I had them counted halfway between uh, you know, I had them. I had them counted halfway on the road back down from Armagh. Um, you know that even though we hadn't even won a game at that stage, I just knew there was something about the team. It's 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 the way the inbreds TJ are flocking to these games in their thousands. It's selling out stadiums that have never been sold out for league games before. That is for me more so than the form of the Mayo team on the pitch. I've always said. All Ireland's are one on the terraces. We saw it with Dublin. They used to bring huge support when they won the All Ireland, and I feel like Mayo supporters are doing the same now. And we would encourage Mayo supporters to continue that large, fervent level of support behind the team because I think it's going to make all the difference uh, in the All Ireland final. Whenever the hell ha- that happens to be this year, I don't know if it's July, August, September, when it is. All I know is when the final comes, we will be there. There's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing when the final is going to be this year. We'll just have to play it by ear, as the man says. Take, Take each game as it comes. Take each game on its merits. And we have been doing that thus far. And I think as the season goes on, we'll be able to take even more merits from some of these games. And you highlighted something there that I thought was indicative about the approach this year. It's the packing out of the midfield with Jeremy O'Connor, Jack Carney, uh... The various Jordan uh, Flynn, Jordan Flynn, Flynn, and of course Julians of midfield. That's one man that has consistently, down throughout the years, been able to provide Mayo with fuel in the engine room. And you will see Julians getting right up and down that pitch the next day out against 
whomever we have yet to play at this venture. I believe it's Donegal that's coming up in our next game. Yeah. And maybe after the introductory period of this podcast is over, we might turn our focus and turn the attention towards Donegal and some of the tactical ruins that will, you know, we will have to encounter and have to overcome to to stay up in this league, to 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 survive in this yeah. league and to thrive in this league. Absolutely. And we will delve very deep into those uh, tactical uh, discussions after we get the important business uh, attended to first. And of course, that very important business, TJ, uh, is the Q&A that we had last week with some of our very, very unwell half-baked inbreds who came out in their droves to share their opinions with us. Um, you know, they were coming in thick and fast from across the county and indeed the globe by all accounts. Um, lovely to see some of the same inbreds year in, year out returning with similar comments to what they would have done before, but they are no less appreciated this year than they were in any other years. Um, as I said at the top of the show, James Carr getting an awful lot of respect from Mayo supporters. They're loving seeing him out there doing his thing. Enda Hessian, very, you know, very popular amongst the inbreds, which is, you know, little surprise. He is a absolutely massive inbred himself. Jordan Flynn, Jordan Flynn's beautiful tattooed arms, TJ, are getting a lot of love here this evening as well. Look, Fat Larry, I'll be quite honest with you. Some of the questions, they deserve a full hour long podcast in themselves just to delve into. I suppose first time listeners who are not part of the Mayor Back Loyalist group, the first timers out there will be wondering what the fuck is going on in this segment. But this is the moment where we turn the focus to you, the fans, and we read out unfiltered, unwell messages from right across the county, right across the globe, as it were. And really, you know, any topics that we haven't already covered naturally, we will bring up and we will discuss them now. And our lines are always open, folks. If you want to get onto the Instagram at Mayor we're back you can send us in any of your thoughts or any of your questions or anything you'd like to hear myself and Fat Larry chew our meat over over the course of the next podcast and do get in touch if you have any little suggestions on where you want this to go this is a fan-led podcast it has been made possible by the Corja Mayo are back hello to you out there you are indeed our favorite listeners but we're going to scan through the text message machines now, which were literally blowing up overnight when we asked the inbreds. And when I look into the responses there, Fat Larry, for me, it's like checking the oven for scones. Mm. You look in and you see, are the scones, are they baked at all? Are they, are they going in raw? Are they raw dogging it? Is it a situation where they might be half baked? And then you look in and you, you get that glorious smell of mayo inbredness and you say, right, the, the mayo inbreds are fully baked at the moment. And even though it is a very early stage of the year, looking into the oven this evening, I would say that the mayo supporters are absolutely fully baked at the moment. Absolutely. They've got foreskin in the game this year, TJ. They're, they're going all in for sure. Um, just going through it here. Uh, we'll start off. Motsi got in touch. He was wondering if we could discuss the rumours that Kevin McStay is using military-style training methods and punishment methods in Indeed, to get the best out of these Mayo players well we don't know what's going on TJ inside in that change room or indeed the Mayo showers but 
whatever Kevin McStay is doing to these Mayo players, whatever buttons he's pushing, whatever levers he's pulling, it seems to be working. That's the type of thing, Fat Larry, that you could spend hours thinking about that. And I often do as I go to bed at night. I would spend a lot of my time thinking about that and thinking about Kevin McShay's missionary style. And the last time I was subjected to that, fortunately, was a little known documentary called Behind the Gates with Roscommon GAA. And that was a beautiful little insight into the, I suppose, the levels of jizz that that particular outfit were playing with back in those days. And I'm sure if there was something similar, like up the skirt with Mayo GAA or down the brow with Mayo GA or something like mm. that. There is a gap in the market there for, I suppose, a, a, a fly on the wall documentary that, I don't know, just to speak for myself and Fat Larry, you'd pay, you'd put the life savings behind something like that coming into fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's some, there's some inbreds here looking for, uh, you know, our suggestions in terms of, you know, our starting Mayo team for the championship and, who, who we think might might be starting up front and what big names will be left in reserve to come in. I suppose, TJ, myself and yourself probably aren't in the best position to, uh, to, to discuss that because, you know, I suppose when the, when the day of a game comes, myself and yourself become so engulfed with Mayo fever and when that green and red mist descends over us, it's actually very hard to see what's going on out on the pitch a couple um, of things on that fact Larry one thing the only thing you can do on any given day that you go out is you put 15 men on the field mm. that's first and foremost what we'll be looking from Kevin McStay for you hope that certain things match up I hope he gets the match up right that we field a team I hope you know we're able to field I hope he, he has the matchups correct in terms of shorts and socks do the shorts match with the socks are the two socks the same yeah. is everyone wearing the same shorts and the boots you know we talked about Oshin Mullins and the pink booted prince but he's got a young man there filling his boots this year end the session and this fella is playing with I don't know if it's a pair of Puma Kings or a pair of fake F10s but he's playing with a reckless abandonment of attacking fullback play that the Mayo supporters over the years have come to love and whatever he's doing matchups wise he's doing it absolutely perfectly in my opinion and it always gives me a, a tear in my eye, TJ, when I see end the session out there playing for Mayo. And I think back to him in his younger days and how he used to be such a massive contrib- contributor to this podcast with some of the, the fabulous Mayo memes and comments that he used to send on uh, to us via the Instagram page, which are, have sadly been deleted. But, you know, they were, you know, we look back on those days with very fond memories and we thank him for them. And it's great to see him getting a, getting a good run in the team now. Uh, um, you know, we have some people here who have, like myself and TJ, have discussed, have been struggling with Mayo fever probably earlier than, than other years. But it just seems to be different this year. The season is more condensed. The symptoms seem to be kicking in a little bit earlier than they did previously. But um, nonetheless, very serious. You need to keep an eye out for it and you need to mind yourself. You know, you have to watch Mayo Dublin All-Ireland Finals at half two in the morning. Some evenings, you know, it just it has to be done. Uh, you got to look after yourself. Um, yeah, we've got... Uh, There's one message here I'd like to highlight, Fatari. You've probably seen it popping up on the teleprompter there. It's from a young man from called Paul. He's a big, firm favourite and a big fan of the page. He always gets in touch. And he seems to be able to sum up the mood in the camp very, very well, regardless of what's going on or what stage of the season that's at. And he's done it in two words, Fatari. I'm going to read those two words out now and we'll see what the listeners think of this sort of a way of summing up the situation. But Paul has says... Up Mayo at this venture. 
Yeah, I think simple messages, TJ. I think that from what I've heard, the word inside the camp, that is all Kevin McStay seems to be telling the players uh, in the pre-match huddle before they go out. Um, you know, I think it's 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 all about that. You know, keeping it simple, up Mayo, Mayo do do do, not complicating things, not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. It's it you know that hasn't worked for us in the past, so we need to keep you know we need to keep things keep things as they were, keep it inbred, keep keep it nice and positive, um, and I think you know for us it's 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 very very reassuring watching the Mayo team at the minute to see that we have got so many inbreds both on the field and in the dugout it really gives you hope for the year ahead that that things might work out a little bit better for us yeah there's talk of James Carr banging three onions into the onion sack in three games and what beautiful goals they were that's one man that I I love his style he gets the ball he takes the man on he takes the whole pitch on and he'll just go straight for that onion sack time and time again and he might find himself in a situation where that's going to be closed off from he has no problem digging deep and fisting He's fisted the ball over the bar on a couple of occasions and I thought that showed a tremendous amount of style and a tremendous amount of class. And there's another man behind him backing him very strongly, Matthew Ruan. I haven't told Matthew Ruan to go fuck himself in absolutely mm. months, it seems, at this stage. He's playing with the maturity of an old castle that's been, you know, hundreds of years ago it's been built and there's bits of it fallen, fallen apart. He's playing with that sort of maturity and a sort of a, a level-headedness to his play that he, he's rolling us on from the engine room but there's one question I have for you now someone wants us to do the Rod Doc and Cock power rankings and we can include Jason Doc into this question as well because I seen him re-emerging from the bench last weekend to great applause from the Mayo supporters so Fat Larry if you wouldn't mind the Rod Cock and Doc power rankings we'll get get them from you maybe from four to one in reverse chronological order if you don't mind absolutely obviously they, they all come in different shapes and sizes TJ of course and and they all bring something a little bit different to proceedings as well which I think really gives us that you know multifaceted you know four prong approach uh, that Kevin McStay I'm sure will will make full use of uh, as the season goes on you know Know, they all bring you something you know a little bit different obviously cock for a start cock is he's been around you know he's 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 been all over he's been all over he's done it he's seen it and he's done it um and you know you would hope now that all of that experience in the bank will come for something um in 2023 then of course you've got the rod the rod is you know he's not as big as the cock but he, you know, he he brings that bit of he brings that bit of spunk as well to things. You know, he's uh, he's 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 a feisty little fella. Is 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 Rod? You know, in fairness to him, he's he he's not the biggest in stature, TJ. He's not the the you know the the big fine fabulous strapping style that you see with the you know with the Jack Carney or a Jordan Flynn. But you know, he's butty and he. You know, he fucking gets gets his head in. He puts his head in where you wouldn't put your arse, and he puts his head up people's arse as well, which is which is what you want to see. And of course, you've got the other doc then, um, Jason Doherty. Now he's even older again. He's as old as fuck at this stage. You know, he must be nearly as old as Kevin McLaughlin. But you know, in fairness, and speaking to a lot of female Mayo supporters, you know, despite all of these young fellas coming in TJ these Oshin Mullinses and your Tommy Cumways and whatnot, Jason Doherty still 
gets the Mayo supporters weak mm-hmm. at the knees better than anyone and I think that's a testament to him in his old age that he can just he, he can he, he he gets me very hard TJ look Fatlar you've said it all there you've hit the several different nails right on the head with that hammer as, it, as you so do so often in that intimidable style that you have and really it is a joy to listen to I suppose if I could probably speak on behalf of all the listeners now and thank you for your time and making the time to come on this podcast this evening and once we have finished with the introductory period of this podcast we might get on to a little few other little topics that I'd like to ask you about personally but now I suppose I'll reiterate everything you said there and say that we are playing like a team who has their head up their own arse and they said a Mayo team that plays with their head up their own arse are a very very dangerous animal yeah and there's a Kerry have found this out the hard way. Tyrone have found this out the hard way. The Rossies have found it out the hard way. And there's two more league games to come by all accounts. And I predict now that Donegal and Monaghan, they're going to find it the hard. They're going to find out the hard way as well. Yeah, they're going to get it hard. And, you know, that, that seems to be the approach. You know, Kevin McStay doesn't seem to be pulling up the handbrake on any of these Mayo players or he doesn't seem to be grabbing them by the shorts and pulling them back one bit. He seems to be letting them go on and, and, and keep this win and run going now, TJ. You you know well, we know well here at Mayo or back when, when momentum is good and when things are rolling for you, you know, you you become a very dangerous animal at that stage, you know, and, you know, I think Mayo, they're playing with their shorts up, they're pulling their shorts up high, shorter than they have in previous years, there's a lot of leg on show, they're, they're, they're doing their stuff, and I, and I would not like to see Mayo now go out and feel dummy teams, um, or make lots of changes against Donegal or Mana, and I, I want to keep the foot to the floor here, I want to keep the, the foot in the throat, and you'd love to see them now go out and give Donegal and Monaghan two nice ribbons, and go on into the league final then and and continue it on and you know there's as you said TJ there's a long way to go there's a long way to go there's a lot of threats out there you know Connacht is very very competitive this year we see Mayo Galway and Roscommon are the top three teams in division one you know that's you know things are in rude health in Mayo football but you know that's no surprise when you see you know the the John Prenty bowl and we think back to the the, the, the fabulous DBF games that were played in the hot air balloon there. It's no surprise the Connacht teams are going really well. But I think, given all that, I still think Mayo are the team to beat this year now. And an all-known form, TJ, and on an all-known uh, form over previous years, over the past decade or so, you'd have to instill Mayo as very firm, hard favourites to win the All-Ireland this year, even at this early juncture. Well, a strong Connacht leads to a strong Mayo. And it's great to see that the wake has been, the West rather, has been wide awake this season. And I will just go in on what you said there and agree wholeheartedly. And I will offer my own tuppence as well. I find personally that winning games wins games. Do you know what I mean when I say I know that? I what you mean, yeah. Winning yeah. games wins games. And if we can keep winning games, the more games we win over the course of the season, the more games we will have won when we look back at the end of the season. And I suppose just one area of concern I would have in regards to that is the load management of the Mayo team at the moment. Because, you know, the season often has peaks and troughs, but we're on course for an absolutely climactic ending. I just hope we don't shoot our load too early in the year, as it were. We need to manage our loads correctly and carefully, and we need to be in control of our loads. Because... I myself personally, half time in the Kerry game, my head was gone, my load was blown. Yeah. 
now I've managed to come back from a point. This is the reason why, in essence, that myself, yourself aren't on the field in those games, because that's the difference between us and top class intercounty footballers. It's the fact that we wouldn't be able to stop ourselves from losing the head when things are going well. But this team, they they play with the maturity of a of an old team much older than they are. And I don't know where they get that from, but it's something that we need to bite onto and hold onto for the rest of the calendar year and further on into the future even. Absolutely. And definitely a recurring theme so far this year, TJ, has been Kevin McStay's fine thick-rimmed glasses. And by God, are they getting steamed up quite often now. He's having to take them off and clean them and clean the steam off them because what we're looking at and what he's seeing, you know, it's it's something that you wouldn't always see on a on a football field you might see it somewhere else but we're very very impressed with what we've seen uh, it's good to be back on the wagon it's good to be back and as we approach the the end of the the introductory stage of the podcast this evening we'll we'll have to take this opportunity to actually skip past the main part and get to the end of the podcast now so that's the end of the main part and we are now at the conclusion so i suppose we just like to take this opportunity now to to thank Mayo Inbreds, Mayo are back listeners, old and new, for tuning in and for for making it all the way to the end of this first episode of season seven. It is the first episode and it indeed will not be the last this year. We we hope sincerely, TJ, that it's going to be a long, fruitful year that will build to a slow and steady climax and will lead us all the way to the All-Ireland Final, whenever that might be. Confidence levels are high, TJ. I'm delighted to be back. Sorry again to all the inbreds for leaving you waiting, but at the same time, it's it's good to wait. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, as we always say here. Uh, so it's good to be here. It's good to be back. And Mayo are back, TJ. I can't add any more to that, Fat Larry. You've really simply put it into the most perfect terms that there possibly is. Carry this sediment with you wherever you go, Mayo Halfbakes. Mayo are back. You better believe that for a fact. We will see you for episode two. Mayo, do, do, do. Good score, buddy! Good you, buddy! It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. That's Kerry Hurism as they want to say. Oh, look at Brian Sheehan. What those in capital letters? Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he oh, goes, yes, go it's all over. 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 It's all over.